What about Vietnam? A podcast with Gary Newsom. The series where Curry talks with travelers about their experiences and adventures. Find out more about Vietnam from the people who have actually been there. What about Vietnam? Whether it's adventure, exploring the culture and cuisine, shopping, or just soaking up the sun. Let Carrie and her travellers pave the way for a magical holiday in Vietnam. What about Vietnam? Xin chào and welcome to What About Vietnam. Our subject today is craft beer. And it's an amazing topic to bring up as in regard to Vietnam, but to not include it in the show and to not have it up there as something really worth talking about would be crazy because there's a real craft beer scene happening in Vietnam as we speak. And that's been developing in a really strong way just over the last maybe three, four years in particular. And I'm delighted today to have Gary Bett on the show. Gary is the head brewer and founder of the Five Elements Brewing Company, which is a small independent brewery in Da Nang. Gary's been in the brewing industry for over 40 years and worked in the UK, Australia, Fiji, China, India, and Vietnam. He actually started as a hop chemist. I don't know what a hop chemist does. I wish I'd asked him actually in the show. I should have done that. And he started that role uh, with the Brewing Research Foundation in the UK before becoming an actual brewer with CUB in Melbourne, Australia. After finding himself responsible for Foster's breweries in Asia, India, China and Vietnam, he always loved coming to Vietnam, which is where he eventually decided to set up his business after leaving Foster's. Vietnam is a great beer market and as it turns out this is quite an interesting statistic to to take on board is the fact that of all alcohol consumed in Vietnam 95% of it is beer which is quite extraordinary when you do compare it to other countries around the world. Now the one important thing about craft beers and Vietnamese craft beers is that you've got to come to Vietnam to try them. And I'm delighted that Gary is on the show because he has tap rooms, the the Brouhaha tap rooms in Da Nang. He also has them in Quang Nai and Nha Trang, and he opens uh, more in the coming years. He brews a very interesting five-element brew, or brews, and he talks about some of the local ingredients that he uh, has access to in the northern highlands and in the central highlands where he uses various different natural ingredients to flavour the beers. And it's those natural ingredients and those flavours, which is the craft, obviously, and he tells us a little bit about that. Uh, But it means that when you go to try them, in the future when you do come to Vietnam, and let's face it, you've got to, it's just just an experience to have, uh, that you're going to start thinking about some of these flavours that Gary has mentioned. Look, all the details will be in the show notes and available in the transcript on our website, whataboutvietnam.com, if you prefer to go there and read about it. It's all going to be there. In addition, I've kind of added on the website uh, a really fun activity and fun offer. So check it out. It is the Barbecue Beach Food Tour. And let me tell you what it involves. 
it takes you through the food markets of Da Nang and it's done with a operator who actually is a qualified chef. And he will then, after you've had, you know, bite-sized pieces and little taste tests along the way, you'll actually get whipped off to this secret location uh, in Da Nang, which is beachside, and then he will cook up using some of the bits and bobs that he's bought at the markets on the day. You'll get greeted there with beers, local beers, craft beers, uh, and some wine, and over a setting with a bonfire, candles, and music, the whole the whole tour kind of wraps up with you, you know, sipping some nice long cool drinks over a sunset. I had a hand in crafting this with the operator in Da Nang, and I just feel 100% sure you're going to love it. So please check it out. However, it's time to get ourselves acquainted with craft beers in Vietnam, and I can't think of anybody else to do it better than Gary Bett, who's sitting in Da Nang. So let's welcome Gary to the program. Xin Chow and welcome to the What About Vietnam podcast. Today I'm speaking with Gary Bett. Gary, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Look, today we're going to be talking about a favourite beverage amongst Vietnamese. Well, I mean, I don't think it's exclusive to Vietnamese how much uh, they love beer. I mean, I'm an Aussie, so clearly I come from a country that loves beer. But in particular today, I'm talking to you about craft beer because craft beer, in my experience over the last few years in Vietnam, has really been coming up in the headlights. You know, you've got to, you've got to try the craft beers, go to Da Nang, you've got to go and try uh, craft beer. So, Gary, I, I see you as the entrepreneur in this area, and uh, you've certainly been doing a lot of work over the last few years in the craft beer industry in Vietnam, having come from a, uh, a beer and a brewing history. Tell us a little bit about what makes a craft beer. Um, how, how does a craft beer distinct, distinguish itself from a commercial beer? Well, I think it's, um, it's, it's in the word craft, and um, that's all about natural ingredients about um, the Vietnamese say beer tu kong, which means handmade. Tu kongs, it's made, made, made with the hands, which I think uh, sums it up. So this is, we're talking about small breweries, small independent breweries, making a natural product, making, making beer. And in Vietnam, of course, there's some special ingredients that you can draw on. And also there's a, a, a vibrant uh, Vietnamese uh, cuisine, which of course influences uh, tastes and preferences. And so there's uh, been quite a variety of craft beers that have been developed in Vietnam. So when when we think about a craft beer, we're thinking about a beer that is handcrafted. Yeah. And you did say that uh, this beer includes some natural ingredients. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, some of those flavors and some of those natural ingredients that that define it, I guess. Sure, sure. I mean, beer is beer. You know, by definition, is uh, malted malted barley or uh, malted grain, um, hops, and yeast. And um, with craft craft brewing, we've introduced um, other other ingredients, other local ingredients. Now, I'm brewing a, a range of beers. I've, I brew five 
five beers as the five elements range, the Nuhang range. Um, and so we use, uh, we basically have an international style beer, absolutely well-known beer, and then we're adding a Vietnamese flavor that's complementary to that. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. We brew a beer to, which is a black forest ale. Now that evokes, um, you know, all those sort of gives you a picture, picture straight away of what you're looking at. But we add, we add nam hung, which is, um, which is a, a forest mushroom. So it's a Vietnamese shiitake mushroom, and that, that adds a, a richness to it, um, a unami, kind of a unami flavor to it. Um, but it's complementary to the actually the background beer of that. Um, make a, I make a very good um, Weizen beer, but it's probably more of a Belgium style where it's a wheat beer, but it's had um, the citrus that you would normally find in a Belgium wheat beer is, is from Makmak, which is a, a leaf that you would so you'd see in Vietnam being wrapped around pork as they, as they uh, barbecue pork. So we're using a Makmak leaf in the, to, to give it this sort of citrus, uh, citrus note in a wheat beer. So these are the kind of things you can do and experiment with and, and come up with some very interesting and different, different flavours. Be it that you are handcrafting these beers and I guess quantity-wise, does that make a batch of beer, even though you're using the same ingredients, does that make one batch of beer slightly different from another or are they kind of traditionally exactly all the same? So on any given day you, you can't really tell the difference even though it's um, a different batch or a new batch. Yeah, we produce in relatively small batches, certainly comparing with uh, the big breweries. Um, but it gives you an uh, ability to experiment. So we have maybe a, you know, a 500-litre batch or a 1,000-litre batch, and then, but then, you know, that gets consumed very quickly, and therefore you can change the next, never bit more of this, bit mess, bit less of that, um, which you can do. We have, we have our own tap rooms, as all the craft brewers here in, in Vietnam tend to have, they have their own tap rooms. So we can have regular customers come in and you can, you can say, you know, the latest batch of this particular beer is, you know, you should give this one a try. So again, this is, it's a variety within your own range. Um, I mean, uh, all brewers aim for consistency. I mean, once you, once you get a good, once you've gone through a good recipe, you want to keep that recipe consistent. Um, and so we've, we've hit the mark with, a, with, quite a few of our beers now with, with some of the beers we're still experimenting which is part of the part of the fun both for the brewer and for the the, the drinker in terms of you know what's this latest the latest batch can come up yeah and just to make sure that i'm understanding this so these beers that you are made obviously have got a lifespan so talk to me about you know preservatives and alcohol content and things like that what is the life of a uh, a brewed batch uh, of beer. Beer should be consumed as, as quickly as, um, as or as close as it can be to the, when it was produced. We're all, all natural. We don't use preservatives. We don't pasteurize. In fact, we don't filter at the moment. Um, so it's a completely natural product. You know, we would like to see the beer consumed probably between, you know, in the one or two months after we, we've kegged it. I mean, this, but usually it's consumed quite a lot faster than that, certainly within a month. But we, again, it comes back to this having small batches. It gives you the opportunity to do that. Small batches. If you have small batches in your own outlets that you can uh, you can sell the product through and make sure it's moving, that just becomes less of an issue. 
Okay, talk about the alcohol content. <laughs> the alcohol content. We have a range of, well, our beers have a range. We have uh, Kim, which is down at 4.6% 4, 4. alcohol, so it's a very easy to drink. Uh, end of end of the day, either you've been to the beach or you've been working or had, the, had to work in Vietnam, but if you, certainly if you've been to the beach, it's a great end of the day kind of, kind of drink. And uh, then we have a range of different alcohols and different products right up to Twee, which is which is a Belgium strong dark ale, um, which is uh, 7.5% alcohol. That's what we brew. Now, some of the other brewers, I think they could brew, brew a lot, some some stronger alcohols, and that maybe up to 10%. But um, I don't think those are particularly session beers. Maybe you have one. So our, our strongest at the moment is, is a 7.5% alcohol. And then we have... Um, it's, it's, we have a, an ingredient called Taogua in that one, which is um, which is like black cardamom. It's a black cardamom, in that, which gives it that kind of spicy, almost a Christmas cake kind of addition, really. So for my listeners who are coming to Vietnam, there's only one way they're going to try these beers uh, because they only exist in your brewery kind of in Vietnam. They, they can't buy them off the shelf anywhere yeah, else, sure, can they? Sure. No, they can't at the moment anyway. Maybe maybe in time we'll we'll package and we'll export, but at the moment we're we're selling only in our own outlets and some key accounts. Uh, we've got some friendly accounts that we supply to. So at the moment we have three we have three outlets. Um, we have one in Nha Trang, we have one in Quang Nai and we have one in here in Da Nang. And they've been open a year now, actually, the biggest one's been open a year now. Pretty centrally located and easy to find in the, in the Natrang, Danang, and Quang Nai. And then we supply to some outlets down in Phu Quoc, which is a fa- you know pretty famous tourist uh, destination. Um, and we'll we'll slowly um, introduce it into other markets as a, either as we open more outlets or we supply to uh, to supply to more key accounts. But if, if somebody's visiting Vietnam and they want to, want to try craft beer, there's a number of craft brewers down in Saigon. There's a number of them in Hanoi. There's not as many as in central Vietnam. So in, in Saigon, you've got Pasteur Street, you've got Heart of Darkness, you've got um, Tay Tay. There's, um, there's been, been a, uh, an explosion or there was an explosion uh, for craft brewers in Vietnam. And uh, and similarly in uh, in Hanoi, there's there's a, there's a couple of um, more than a couple. There's a few craft brewers up in 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 Hanoi. It's an interesting place to take for tasting beers. Probably not expected in a way. I think there's one thing about Vietnam which um, I don't think everybody appreciates is that the Vietnamese are absolutely beer centric. It's part of their culture. It's part of their social life. Um, I, I often use the statistic. Of alcohol consumed, 95% of alcohol consumed in Vietnam by Vietnamese is beer. Now that might mm-hmm. seem that might seem to be staggering. Well, it's an outlier. It's it's out there on its own. Everywhere else, every other country would have you know a pretty mix of different alcohols. You know, in, in Thailand it would be whiskey. You know, in Japan it would be sake, and you know it might be rice wine in China. It could be soju in Korea. There's always an alternative of wine in some markets. There's always an alternative alcohol, a socialization kind of alcohol uh, consumed. But in, v- in Vietnam, and it has been as, for as long as I've known Vietnam, it's beer. And that's, you know, and it's, and it's, it's, it's not just guys, it's, it's, you know, wives and families. And, you know, they, they, beer is a central part of, uh, uh, of socializing. At 
how did the Vietnamese market take to craft beer? I, I think very well. I mean, as you say, there's just general love and openness to the product, which helps. Uh, and there's a that very Vietnamese are very curious, so they're naturally curious about new things and and uh, in, international, you know, international trends. are very conscious of that. There's a lot of Vietnamese um, that go go for education overseas, so they you know, go to the US and they go to or they go to Australia or the UK. So they come back and they know what the latest has been happening. And then they obviously the Vietnamese see what the tourists are looking for, and the international and the um, you know the international business travelers are looking for, and they you know they they're obviously very open to craft beer, and so yeah, I think that is generally pretty acceptance. It's not really the barrier that you would normally um, see for 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 new new products or new initiatives. It wasn't something that had to be overly sold. And yeah. <laughs> um, what? Why am I laughing at that? No, it wouldn't be hard to to sell. And just to clarify for me as well. Uh, do you, I know you have it on tap, but you you obviously have it at, in bottles as well, or how do you distribute it to other places like Fuqua or? Um, at the moment, yeah, at the moment I'm just kegging this, the new beers I'm having. I have bottled and canned beers in Vietnam before. Um, there's a very, very good, efficient, um, beer recycling system, a uh, bottle recycling system in Vietnam, which is obviously envir- environmentally friendly and, and uh, it's part of the the way the beer industry in vietnam works and then for the modern off trade i'm talking about convenience stores and supermarkets they they're pretty open to having cans on the on the shelf so there's some canning so actually i'm looking at buying a can line um maybe early next year there's a there's a can plant only half a kilometer away from my brewery so it makes sense for me to start thinking about doing cans yeah I wanted to just delve a little bit more into the natural ingredients that you started talking about, and maybe could you speak to us just a little bit about how and where you get some of those natural ingredients from, and, you know, is this is this becoming an industry that a lot of Vietnamese are wanting to to work in and, um, and you know, you pass on your skills to become a brewer and things like that. Like is, is the industry kind of heading that way? And yeah, I'd just like to know more about not so much the, the mushrooms, but the mushrooms and the cardamom and things like that, because (laughs) what I think is unique to Vietnam is the flavors and uh, the, the flavors in Vietnam are for some people quite intense and, you know, sometimes they can get upset, uh, tummies and things like that, but uh, I feel it's like rich in flavour. So for me, it, it suits me. But uh, I think the way uh, vegetables and that are grown, the soil and and all that kind of stuff yeah. plays yeah. a role. Um, so maybe speak to us a little bit about about that and why did you choose mushrooms over something <laughs> else, or why did you go? You know, what what steered you in in which direction? Okay. Um, okay. Can I start first with what the basic raw materials for, for beer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That was a well, big question. I okay. just realised. So, yeah. so, so, so the basic raw materials for beer are, are barley or malted barley, generally, and and hops, and um, and yeast. 
So actually, Vietnam doesn't have any barley-growing regions or hop-growing regions in, in Vietnam. But it is sort of in the middle of or between the big, the big areas that do have that. So we can choose to get our barley from Europe or we can choose to get our barley from Canada or we can choose to get our barley from Australia. Actually, in Vietnam, most of the barley actually comes from Australia, I think. And there is a there is a, a malting plant where the barley is, is malted here in Vietnam, uh, run by Intermol, which is associated with West Australian uh, West Australia uh, barley industry. So that's imported. And then uh, the hops hops again can come from Australia, or can come from the US, or can come from come from Europe, you know, Germany or France or wherever. So we have a selection of all sorts of all sorts of different varieties of hops from from around the world, which gives the craft brewers the, the flexibility to choose where they get their, their hops from. Now, in terms of that's kind of the international component of the beer, which is pretty standard. And as far as the local component, I'm, kind of, I'm quite lucky in that I'm, my, my wife's Vietnamese and her, her relatives have land up in the Central Highlands and Northern Highlands. And so we can draw directly from, directly from their, their farm. So something like Mac Mac, I can we can get on the phone and have it delivered in a day or two when we, when we run short. The forest, the, the, the shiitake, uh, sorry, the um, nam hung, which is the shiitake mushrooms, that comes from the northern, it's the northern highlands, and that comes from the forest. So basically people go out into the forest and, and harvest these, these mushrooms, and then they put them on bamboo, dry them and put them on bamboo sticks, and that's how we receive them. Um, so they're very, very natural. And then likewise... With the uh, tagua, the, the the black cardamom, that again is a spice that comes from comes from the, the highlands, and then we have soy spice, which is um, is a spice, a true spice, is a hot spice, and that we use in the hua, which is the, the beer hua, which is a hua is fire, so we use it in the basically a spicy red ale, and we add the soy spice to that. But all the all the local ingredients I add, they are complementary to the beer, and they're not. They're not going to bite your head off. They they are subtle. They're subtle flavors that are complementary to the beer. So you might you might not like them. Sometimes you know we have customers that don't like a particular flavor, but you know that's the whole thing about having choice. You know you you won't, you won't particularly like that one, but you love that one. You know, I and mean, we find that uh, we find that a lot. Some people might like it. Not some people might might not. So, but that's 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 great. I think that's that's a good part about it. We see flavors. And the, what I'm trying to do as well with, with the flavors are they should be recognizable to Vietnamese. So, they, you know, you see them, they're tasting it, and they go, oh, they recognize, they're not sure, not sure where's that, where's that flavor coming from. And then when you say what it is, they go, ah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. So my, if you like, my target consumer are local consumers. And so it, it, it gives them a, not only is the, the five elements a talking point, the new hang sort of story, the nar- narrative about five elements, is a talking point, but also the flavors they recognize in, in their, or they recognize not, not straight away, but they get, they suddenly realize where that flavor is coming from. So that's why, that's what I do. Sorry. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a nice story to tell about it that, you know, A, that you're, you are targeting locals and Vietnamese, and obviously they're resonating with those flavors and they can, they're trying to pick it. And I think, as you say, when you are trying these beers, uh, that's kind of part of the adventure, isn't it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I don't really want to do copycat, um, kind of copycat craft beers. So I don't want to do a, 
Yeah, a new Eng- a New England IPA. I mean, why would I want to do a New England IPA in Vietnam? You know, that kind of um, just copying a, a style and leaving as it is. I, I don't see much point in that. So I just want to try and create something, as you, as you say, that's that's appealing to the locals, that is recognizable, has a good story behind it, uh, and I like as well, which is which you know, is, which is good too. You make be as you enjoy. Thanks very much for being on the show. I just want to finish up with what I'm going to include in the show for everyone listening. So we'll include, obviously, the uh, addresses uh, of where your uh, sure. your breweries are or where, so where people can go to try it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely put those in the show. Uh, I want to put a little bit more around um, the five styles, so I might might get you to to give us a little bit more information there so everyone listening can understand that. Is there anything you want to finish off with? I think it's always a bit difficult talking about beer without a beer in front of you. So I'd really like. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody's coming to Vietnam and they want to, you know, by all means come to our brouhaha in in Da Nang. Or and if I'm here, you always ask for me. I'm more than happy to sit down and talk about the beers and beer glass in front of everybody. I think it's a lot easier and a bit more fun. <laughs> a bit more fun brilliant yeah. okay. thanks for being on the show gary okay. all the best okay thank you thanks very much thank you thank you for listening check out the episode notes for more information what about vietnam don't forget to subscribe rate and review and stay tuned for more fun adventures in vietnam What about Vietnam?